live from the Kosher Studios in Woodridge, Illinois, this is Behind the Destruction, the Demolition Derby Podcast. And now, your hosts, Chris Newmer and Steve Kersky Jr. Welcome to Behind the Destruction. This is episode number eight of Behind the Destruction for the week of July 29th, 2012. Filling in for Steve Gursky Jr., five-time national champion demo driver and captain positive himself, Johnny Ryan. How you doing, Johnny? What's happening? No Sith Lord? No Sith Lord today. When Johnny Ryan isn't kicking ass on the track, he's kicking ass at Strike Club, Martial Arts, and Fitness in Morris, Illinois. Classes in martial arts, fitness, and boot camp are available now. For more information, go to strikeclub.net. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Driven Restorations. The first step to driving your dream is contacting Driven Restorations at 608-609-5041 or finding them on Facebook. Well, Johnny, this is uh, another all TDA edition of the podcast. Uh, third night of uh, racing in for the TDA took place last night. Um, and I got to say, uh, the thing that I took away from this was I was entertained. I had a hell of a time watching these races. And it should probably be pointed out that you did too. You raced three races and uh, Orange Crush won the night. I was pretty entertained myself, man. No, every every everyone I talked to that attended that race was very, very, very entertained. Yeah, and it's the type of thing where not only were the races sold out, not only were the pits sold out, but there were two different camera crews that were present filming the filming the night. Seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. I I didn't think it could. No, you just keep going and hoping for the best. And the thing is that when. You know, prior to the beginning of the season, it seemed like a lot of the teams were very close in talent level. It seemed like there was a lot of parity. It seemed like basically any team could win in any race, except for maybe Stranglehold. And for whatever reason, the first two nights didn't seem to actually throw that out or, or show that. Last night, third night, the first round was one of the best first rounds I can remember seeing in a long time. Man, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to tell you. That. All four races were action-packed, and, you know, I'm not blowing our own horn, but I think we had the longest race in team demo history. Yeah, that seems reasonable. I mean, I know prior to, because uh, first round, your team, Orange Crush, faced Mean Green Machine in uh, in the first round, and Orange Crush won, uh, put an asterisk next to that, and we'll come back to that in a bit. Um, but the race took at least... 20, 22 minutes? Was there any uh, official word on it? No, but that's about what I'm guessing. And prior to that, I believe the longest race was a race between Reckoning and Seek and Destroy that went about 15 minutes in 2010. So this one wasn't just longer. It was longer by a solid 50%. I would say it's like an entire bathroom break for a few people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your 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 comparisons always get me, but yeah, I know you love them. But it's it's fascinating. I mean, because you guys as Orange Crush, I believe in 2010 as well, you had a race that lasted like two minutes and 
fifty seconds, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think we had a pretty fast race. Uh, this is, you know, almost uh, ten times fa- ten times right. longer than that. That was a long time to be in a Dumbo car, man. I'm sure all uh, the other seven guys that were out there could tell you. Yeah, and I think the uh, the guy who probably feels the worst is uh, John Clements. Uh, if the race lasted twenty two minutes, uh, John Clements was racing for about six and a half seconds. Does that sound right? Yeah, it was somewhere around there. Yeah, uh, and this was actually courtesy of your driving. He okay. came out, uh, started, hit turn one, and Johnny, you popped him and broke his axle. Yeah, you know what? Well, that's my job is go after guys like Johnny Clemens. But you know what the consolation is? He probably saw a really good race. <laughs> yes, um, but we are definitely coming back to that race and its outcome uh, in just a minute. But, yeah, I, I got to tell you, every race except for the one involving Stranglehold uh, that I watched, I looked at and I thought, wow, that's good. Full throttle and uh, junkyard dogs, just an amazingly fun race to watch. Yeah, man. I, I mean, they all had crazy things happen. The, the crowd was really, really, really loud. And, uh, I mean, we could, you know, they, they just startled you sometimes and you knew something big was going on. Yeah. But this is, uh, you know, when I think of when I think of the demos and I think of the team demos on a summer night, basically I close my eyes and I hope for what we got on third night. That's what I like to see. I like to see crazy stuff. Probably the craziest was uh, Garrett Big Kahuna Vanderbilt coming a smurf's hair from winning what smurf's hair three inches five inches half a foot 18 inches i mean like where's that starting line at though where's yeah where's the finish line these are again something we're going to come back to in just a minute but uh yeah the whole night long and you know i've talked to obviously i talked to you before uh, the mics heated up but you were telling me that uh you've never quite hurt like this this was as hard oh a night. yeah yeah no man there was something about that track too it just uh Different areas grab, your tires grabbed, and yeah, man, I mean, I've, I'm hard from hits that, you know, we put on, and I'm hard from getting hit, you know, in just every different direction, you know, I think, uh, I think I had hit early in uh, the race against Cadillac Zach Van Allen, where my helmet flew off, uh, it was a brand new helmet, but Zach whacked me, man, I was about five foot off the wall. So if I understand correctly, when you're hard from Zach whacking you? <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good, but. Hey, and uh, I, I can attest to this. You're, you know, uh, Sunday comes around and you're popping Vicodin like Skittles. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, and sorry about that, bud. <laughs> ah, yes. It should also probably be pointed out this. This is actually our second attempt at recording this podcast. Our first, uh, our first attempt. Uh, Johnny was, should we say, very well lubricated and had a lot of very interesting, off-putting things to say. And it was outside of the Vicodins, Chris, it was a long night. It was, but it was entertaining. And I'm trying to think if if I'm, I'm you there might we might put a few outtakes from that show in somewhere. Uh, Whatever it is, I'm sure I deserve. It. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what to what do you attribute like uh, the hard hits and and the pain you're feeling? Is it just? I think it's speed, man. It, I I haven't seen any real video outside of our race, but it just seemed outside of our first round, but. Mm-hmm. It just seemed, uh, man, it just seemed so fast, and, like, the hits just felt so much worse. And uh, uh, I'm pretty sure Brickman said that. A few other guys were crushing, like, uh, the lap, lap runner extraordinaire Ryan Bluer, I think, got a hit in that made his neck sore. And, yeah, uh, well, that was that was impressive. And, it, and the other thing that's interesting about this is that if I, had to, if I had to pick a car or two that I thought showed up as the fastest, uh, the first two that come up in my, my head are your teammates, Ron Tarakowski and uh, Carl Brower. I mean, 
the power that those two cars had and the speed that they got up to, it was like, wow. Yeah, you know, I think I think they're racing just about what every other good team's bringing out there. But them guys, uh, you know, we had a long talk with those two before the races, and, uh, you know, they agreed. They just had to put the pedal down and keep running laps this race, man, and just, you know, test their metal. Well, you guys also had a um, – it, it's the roster – your Orange Crush roster has t- been tweaked with e- after each subsequent night of racing. Af- after the first night, you guys, uh, Art Scarborough, decided to not race, and then you came in to fill in for Art. Uh, you came in to fill in for Art, and then after second night, Elmer Fandry left the team, and uh, you're going forward no matter what. Yeah, I guess Orange Crush is just going to be a work in progress this season, you know. So, um, you know, Kenny Casper, the owner and uh, owner of Speedway Auto Parts, is uh, he's a great guy, man. You know, he's a philanthropist as far as racing and demos go. I'm oh, going to say philanthropist. He's one of the best team owners. I mean, really, what you've got is you've got a guy who cares about racing, has money, is willing to spend it, and wants to win. What's strange about your roster this year is that usually having – a lot of roster turnover isn't a good thing. Like usually you don't want to have lots of drivers coming and going and bringing other ones back and filling in. Um, and so, you know, it, it seemed like a fairly large blow to have Art Scarborough leave. And then, um, you know, second night there was some disagreement about how Elmer Fandry was running laps. And so he's not here for third night. Uh but it, it seems like you guys just keep plugging away and just whatever we can do to fill the necessary parts of our team and just keep going forward. Yeah, well, like you, like you said, like I said before, Kenny Casper is a, a, a slick guy, man. He's a he's all around nice guy outside of the fact he's one of the best team owners out there. The other ones that I know of is Mark Ziesmer. Yeah, they're two stand up guys, man. Pretty much a guy that drives with them is their friend, you know, and. You do anything for him, so I think the other guys around Kenny, you know, Ron, Brickman, and Carl, you know, they're all they're standing up and stepping up for him. You know, that's that's basically how I attribute to. And uh, I don't know, you know, like we've talked about many, many times, driver roster changes and multiple drivers equal failure usually, you know, or yeah. equal a lot of headaches. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, I don't know, you know, it's. Luck rolled our way. I, you know, sometimes everyone just clicks, you know. Yeah. Me, me, Brickman, and Ron have a lot of experience together. But, you know, never, none of us, I mean, except Ron really raced with Carl a lot. I know Brickman did in 09. But uh, he's still getting used to Carl, you know. they We haven't had that much track time. Yeah. I will say this about uh, thus far this year that uh, Tom Lewis, Tom Brickman Lewis, has been – delivering a season this year so far that is just unreal to me. Like I watched the guy race and he seems to get better with every race. And the thing that I find so interesting about this, and we talked about this last time is that both he and reckoning speedy Steve Volbrecht, they've been in the league for, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. And for whatever reason, 2012, both men seem to have significantly upped their games. I'll, I'll have to agree 100%, man. And these guys are cut from the same cloth. They come from the same background, same same team upbringing. And uh, I think they've scored their first championships on the locomotives together. And, yeah. Uh, re- the thing that's so unusual about this, and this is unusual not necessarily just in the context of 
uh, demos, but in the context of professional sports as a whole, is outside of Barry Bonds or people doing steroids in baseball, who the hell gets like significantly better in their 14th year in a league? I mean, they, I don't, I don't know. And I, like every time I watch, every time I see Tom Lewis out on the track. I am like my jaw drops open. It's some hit he's done. It's something he's doing. It's something incredibly smart he did. Uh, I mean, he is just absolutely like I look at it, and it's like I am looking forward to seeing this man race. Absolutely, man. And that guy, he's he is the most underrated driver. Like he stays out of the limelight. Like people talk rap about this guy, or this guy's in the limelight, or this guy's the superstar runner. But Brickman, he's just consistent, and the guy's. He's the guy that's always at the shop. He's always finding cars. He's always got an idea, and he's always trying something. And you know, that's that he's his determination since I've known the guy, since I met him, is is just increased. You know, and, and he's only getting smarter. And I think yeah. he's the most decorated champion in the league so far at this at this track. Yeah, and you guys make a pretty a pretty nice one two punch too, because um, you seem a little bit more. Um not unhinged, but you seem like, uh, that you're going to deliver a blow. You're going to be, it's like, it's like almost like a, Hey, Johnny Ryan was here and you know it. And I'm not saying that Tom doesn't do that, but it seems like it's a little bit of a lightning and thunder kind of combo. Would you agree with that or not? I don't think it's the same type. I think, uh, and I don't, it's not my opinion. It's been told to us by the guys that are really closest to us and race with us that we just compliment each other. Um, you know, I'd have to say, in my opinion, Brickman is a more cerebral crusher, and uh, he's a more patient crusher. Where I'm more of an attack crusher, and I'm more of uh, create mayhem and chaos, and then uh, sort be a good nickname up. for you, Johnny Mayhem and Chaos Ryan. <laughs> Both of them, huh? No, no, no. Sith Lord's fine. So, okay, so you're saying Tom. Tom's more cerebral, more thinking. Like, how, how does that manifest itself? Like, uh, is there an example where you can, like, show that or you well, remember that? You on know, the as a matter of fact, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, if you watch him every race, we've been together. He's usually in the four hole or the four spot. And uh, he's patient. What he's doing is, uh, you know, what he's doing is feeling out the other crusher and he's surveying what. Uh, what pans out for the other team within the first 30 seconds of the race. And, uh, you know, he pretty much dictates his game plan from there patiently, and he lets things sort out where usually I get put on the attack and he just yeah. watches it all happen and then sorts it out after, I, you know, after I'm done. No, that and it's funny too because what you're saying about uh, Tom in starting out in the four spot is interesting because there's also sort of that whole dick swinging thing that could be there, and it's funny because it's like sometimes you see the last two guys out on the track and it's like you go first, no, you go first, and it's more of a uh, my dick's bigger, no, my dick is bigger. <laughs> and what you're saying, I'm not saying that Tom has never done that, but I'm saying that like what you're describing, I think by fans could occasionally be misconstrued as the my dick is bigger when it's actually not. No, that's, you know, you could look at every guy, every like notorious four hole guy, like through demo his team, demo history. And like guys like crazy art, sneaky Pete, uh, you go way back into the sudden impact days, uh, junior Earl Franklin mm -hmm. guys that used to line up in the four spot that were notorious crushers. When they faced another notorious crusher, it was just like a, it's only their own little showdown when they pull out in their track, you know, it's kind of cool to watch and, 
kind of crazy to have going on behind you sometimes because it could prolong the start of a race. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I just think they, uh, they're all jockeying for a position or trying to psych each other out. Could be the swing and dick thing. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's not the no, it's not the four hole guys that uh, scare me though. It's the two hole guys, the number two hole oh, guys. Boy. You know, um, speaking of lineups though, there were two things that I noticed this last round of racing, this last night of racing, and I don't know if you saw it as well. Um, but a couple of the cars started out not facing forward. Um, yeah, who was it? I think I eighty three on damage in the second race. Um, was that the cat that was lined up like diagonally yeah. facing the other team? Eighty three for Damage Inc. That given Damage Inc.'s uh, number swapping could have could really be been anybody. anybody. And there was another guy on uh, full throttle. It was either Jay Van Allen or Pete Millet Jr. They started out pointing at either the wall or at the cars next to them. And I thought to myself, well, this is great if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It seemed like uh, it seemed like they just pulled up, and the guy was fine with that. To start. Yeah, uh, whether they were they slid out or something happened, I thought this is not this is not the path that you want to. Uh, this is not the precedent that you want to set because no. um, in the race between reckoning and damage in the second round. Uh, 83 was at almost like a 45 degree angle to the car. I mean, he was pointing direct his, his driver's front corner was pointed directly at the doors of the car next to him. Yeah. We were watching that from up in the staging area. We were like, how are they letting this go on, man? You know, I think it, I think it happened first round with the purple team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were, uh, that guy was, that guy was about the same angle. You know, he wasn't as into the other team or pointed at the other team. I think he was maybe more of a 60-degree angle. But, yeah. Uh, still, I I don't know. I Maybe I attribute it to that guy's new. Um, the other guy that did it, you know, I don't know any of their names. I just know his. And, and I'd like to know what that guy's job title is. Is he the stager or? The flag guy or the no, guy? No, because he's actual... the guy. He walks oh, on the ground. He's got the... a little green shirt on. He walks and, in between yeah, us. Yeah, he sets everybody up. He points. You know, and it's usually like um, for the longest time at Route 66, it was this guy, Ron Payne. He's an ex-sudden uh, impact driver. Mm-hmm. Really cool guy. And uh, he was he didn't take any crap, man. He 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 pointed to where he wanted you. He stayed there until you got there. And, uh, you know, he was, he, was, he was pretty stern, and he didn't take any crap. But And then last year we had some other guy, and he did all right, and he didn't take any crap either, but. I don't know what I'd do if the three-hole guy was lined up facing me, man. You know, I think I'd back up and point. I think I'd delay the start of that race repositioning myself, man. Yeah. But, um, you know, there were a number of things, though, and this is something that we, we definitely wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, w- we brought up the scoreboard issues, I think, the last time. Yep. Uh, just a few of the things and how. We just touched on it. Though. We touched on it. But uh, this race, for as much entertainment uh, as uh, the entertainment value that it delivered and for the enjoyment I had, uh, really, really was a bad night for the league in the sense that in every possible way that the league could have integrity, uh, it it showed that it didn't. Um, Now, the biggest example of this is that your team in the uh, Orange Crush faced Mean Green Machine in the first round, and you won, by which I mean you Orange Crush went on to the second round and raced again. Sure. Uh, but after the haze of the battle cleared, 
it became apparent that Mean Green had actually completed more laps than Orange Crush, meaning that Mean Green Machine should have gone on to the second round. But the, the, the thing that you mentioned is it goes back to that scoreboard, and we all, all the guys on that track... We're hanging on the information of the scoreboard. I had about... Well, let's set the scene here. Let's set the scene. So this was a race that was not won outright. This was won by a countdown. Right. Mean Green Machine versus Orange Crush, first round. So you, Orange Crush, your runners, Carl Brower and... Uh, Ron Tarakowski. Ron Tarakowski, um, make it ahead. They have somewhere in the vicinity of four laps. Yeah, they, they, they were on the scoreboard with four laps and... So your runners had four-plus laps. Right. They had the white flag. White flag hanging out, and they're sitting in turn four. So okay. that that dictates to me that they're just about 100 yards or so shy of the checkered flag. Okay. And at that point in time, they got stopped. Mean Green Machine had three cars running. They had Ryan Decker's car. They had Matt Opie Pierce's car. And they had Cadillac Zach Van Allen's car. Right. And I don't know if any of the three had something that would be called good steering. Right. No, uh, I don't think it was called any steering. Uh, but uh, Van Allen and Pierce were both doing what they could to try to make up the laps going around. Yeah. It was probably my most frustrating experience as a fan watching these guys try to do it because it was like they'd go they'd go 50 yards forward and then they'd have to back up and they'd go another 50 yards and then back up a little bit more just trying to do it which Zach spent most of the time yeah going back and forth in the infield man. yeah because uh, that was the only way that he could try to figure out how to stay alive and keep moving yep and now at this point in time you had a pretty good vantage a point uh for the race you were stuck but you were between turn one and two holding I people yeah i wasn't stuck i was just waiting for people to come around to turn because it was like guarding your lead you know yeah. and these guys these guys are making their way around opie uh opie had some fireworks going on under his hood sparks, you know you know so i heard that it was probably the worst that i've ever heard a car engine sound i actually turned to the person next to me i was like is that fireworks is that thunder and they said no that's opie's car oh my i was glad it wasn't mine you know but uh yeah you know i think uh, a couple of years ago that sarge turnbaugh he raced a lincoln against reckoning he had some, oh yes i remember it was that sounding Gersky just Jr. the same way. restored him yeah, yeah. <laughs> that Gersky. um no but i opie's you know he was he was hand grenading and Zach was Zach took a super hard hit from Brickman, his front end, and now you could see his center link hanging down or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. his, his front end parts were blown to bits, and uh, so, yeah, man. So it was pretty aggravating for me too because it's you know it's over a hundred degrees in them cars. Yeah. So after all was said and done, uh, finally they instituted a countdown, and finally it, it was like ten minutes. You know, after the actual racing had stopped. Yeah, finally, and at that point in time. Orange Crush was deemed the winner. Now, they did review uh, the videotape to see whether your teammate Tom Lewis had indeed driver's door Ryan Decker. Um, they ruled that he had not done it intentionally, uh, even though the front of his car did meet the driver's door of Ryan Decker. Uh, you know I stay out of them driver's door arguments. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you have no experience with them. How could you no, possibly no. have any nope. kind of... Uh, I don't want to... Hurt my virgin ears by listening to it. Exactly. So they 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 reviewed the tape. They uh, gave, they said no no intentional driver's door, and then uh, Orange Crush won. Mean Green lost. So now a couple days later, um, people have been viewing different uh, fan videos, things like that, watching it, and it appears, though it has not been confirmed, that 
Matt Pierce, Opie, had more laps uh, than the Orange Crush runners. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy, man. And this is something that happened last year in 2011, fourth night, when um, Full Throttle and Mean Green Machine raced, and Mean Green, uh, I'm doing air quotes here, won their full thr- race against Full Throttle, even though Full quote. Yep, even though Full Throttle had five laps first, and Mean Green went on to win the night. And this was, to me, this is the complete and total lack of integrity in the sport in the league everything like if if teams can't count on the presiding governing body knowing who won and who lost there is no sport it's just a bunch of cars that smash into each other for no reason well like we like we touched on last podcast uh, don't they I, i would assume the league has people in place that are counting laps well, apparently three and four are two of the harder numbers to get to in this regard. And this is really upsetting to me because here's the thing. I talk to the drivers. Like, I am friends with a number of the drivers. I, I enjoy the, the passion that you guys have. Like Brian Anderson. I'm talking to Brian Anderson on Reckoning, and he's explaining to me that even though they're going to the finals, even though they won second night, the amount of money they're getting for this isn't even paying for the cars that they have. Like, they're going out – not only do all the drivers have to actually pay for their admittance to get in and race, but the the purse that they're receiving doesn't even cover begin to cover the amount they're putting out there. Not at all. It needs to be quadruple what that what our now. I realize that's not necessarily feasible, but here we are. It's like you look at this. You, Tom Lewis, the Sunday after the race, you guys are hurting. You're 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 just you're you're in pain. Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, Jason Ritaco and his wife, Angie, they spent their first year anniversary uh, painting cars because it was like the night before race day. We've all, yeah, it's a big sacrifice for everybody, man. Yep. He speaks volumes people, for every like, guy that's ever done this. Man. Yeah. Ryan Bluer, Tom Lewis, they plan their weddings around race days. Yeah. Everybody gives it their all. People stay up late game planning. You know, it, it's, there is a love for this sport. And the fact that the league has not come out and rectified this stupid scoring problem is absolutely beyond me. And as a as a fan and a potential media critic of the league, this is beyond horrible. This is something. And you know the problem that's the problem that makes it so bad is that two hundred bucks a night I could solve this problem guaranteed. Because here's the here's the deal is that. When I was last in the press box watching the scorekeepers keep score, back then they had four scorekeepers. I believe they still have four scorekeepers. Here's here's my suggestion. You know what? Put an ad on Craigslist. Ask for people who can count to five. <laughs> can you keep your eyes open? Can you count to five? That pay, might be hard on Craigslist. Either. Pay them $10 an hour. Show up from 6 until 10. Give them a free T-shirt and have them do it there. Eight people in the press box. Every person watches a car. You know what? Eight cars drive on. Every person watches a car. That's it. Problem solved. There's none of this stuff where you're trying to watch two cars. You're not counting. It's like, how many laps does Johnny have? Well, you ask the person watching Johnny, how many laps does Johnny have? How the hell hard is that? Absolutely. And how about uh, about having some kind of like official video that sees the whole track that they... Well, review. let's not get crazy. I mean, well, no, yeah, they were asking him to count to five. I went from there to yeah, basically a... the dawn of civilization to modern times. But, you know, I mean, I was just saying, I don't know. It's just got to be some way for instant review because, like, even that race, man, most of us, 
people who can count to five. Right, right. That's it. I agree. It's horrible. Also, some some credible information because the scoreboard, man. You look at the scoreboard. Like I said, you get frustrated out there because different numbers flash. The, the other time I'd raced this year, second round against Reckoning, just crazy numbers, things happening on that scoreboard. and. Well, you were telling me there was an interesting number on your first round race. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for uh, for probably the first three laps of the race, there was number, I think it was, the guys on the track could tell you, it was number 56 was up there with 69, 66, 12, and 13, all in like a line. Yeah. Now, so what? I'm looking for number 56. And that's Because he's in the lead. Because 56 is a number that's associated with Stranglehold, a team that's not racing. Right. And it's funny because I was talking to Kyle Shearer during a race uh, that Damage Inc. was racing, and he looked up at the scoreboard, and he said, hey, I'm on the scoreboard. How about I that? I saw that, too. 38 was up there. And you know what the problem was? The scoreboard had light bulbs that were out. Oh, really? That was what I was told, was that there were certain light bulbs that were out on the scoreboard. Maybe certain numbers didn't work or something, but it was just like, like Yeah, man. just like the side. I mean, I'm sure that the uh, 56 could be turned into a 66 yeah, very but there's six, Yeah, but there was two 66s up there then. I'm, yeah. I, oh, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, what are they doing up there? I, I mean, are they having, like... Stapler fights, rubber van fights, or it's more of a pillow fight type of thing. But Could yeah, this like to think is that. the kind of shit that is bush league. It's below bush league at well, this point it... in time. You aspire to be bush league because <sighs> this kind of stuff. And I'll tell you what, this is added on to it, and this makes it even ang- this makes me even angrier. Is first round uh, junkyard dogs versus full throttle. Uh, Garrett Big Kahuna Vanderbilt crosses the finish line. Uh, ish kind of where is it and i'm watching the flag stand guy he pulls up his hand with the checkered flag and then puts it down again he doesn't wave it he pulls it out like he's going to wave it and pockets it yep and this was one of the biggest i don't want to say controversies but this to me is this is unconscionable okay the fact that you haven't figured out the scoring that's horrible that's an abomination that's not the way that any professional sporting league should do but here the problem was nobody associated with the league knew where the finish line was they knew it was by the flag stand is it the front of the flag stand is it the back of the flag stand and you know what now this is what i love do you want to know what it's not either one of those things apparently it's in the middle of the flag stand in the middle so did they plumb bob that or i have no idea how do they find you want to know what i also i and the thing that pisses me off about this is i have been privy to conversations that have taken place in owners meetings and things like that where this very issue of what is the finish line came up and people waved it off and they're like oh well that's not a big deal you know what's next on this list what happens if two car runners are exact two opposing team runners have exactly the same number of laps like, what if one bumper and the other bumper are identical? Yeah, right, man. I think uh, a few guys have been saying that for years and posing it's that gonna, You know what? It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen fourth night, and people are going to go like, well, holy shit, how could we have ever seen this coming? And I'm going to scream. You're going to see green smoke coming out of my ears, and I'm going to be like, let me go back to 2010 for a minute. Let's, right. It's, you know, it's going to be like that. Well, can you oh, imagine yeah. if it happened third round, and that was how the third round let, was left hanging? No, and that's why you need to fix this There'd be stuff. a riot at that And the place. thing is, it doesn't even matter what the finish line is you know what you could have a team of dwarfs come out there and pee a line in the mud 
Magical fiery line. A magical fiery line. It doesn't matter whatever it is, just so long as there's something there. It does not matter if it, it's it's determined by flipping a coin or or sacrificing a virgin to the volcano gods. It doesn't matter what it is, so long as something is there that you can count on. When push comes to shove, you need to have a rule that you can fall back on. You need to have... It, conclusive video evidence that you can fall back on. You need to have these things and they don't have these things. Well, can I, you know, as a, as an actual driver and a, somebody who spends all that time, just like all these other guys on all these other teams building, what, what it makes us feel like is that the competition is truly taking backseat to the spectacle and that the league can really care less about the competition or where it goes or the direction it goes in, which is very important to the spectacle. You know what I mean? They're figuring it's just going to be a lot of guys flooring it out there. Bang, bang, bang. We'll give them a trophy. Fans keep coming. You know, they love this stuff, but there's a lot of guys out there that all this stuff matters to. You know I mean? It, 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 people are hanging on every point. And I think even some guys would be happy just to finish in second place right now, you know? Yeah. You know what? I've heard that. I've heard that argument before. It is about the spectacle. And you know what that does? It diminishes everything. It's like, why wouldn't you want people to care? Why wouldn't you want people to know what's going on? I mean, now, granted, Wrigley Field is probably a bad example because people go there just to drink beer, look at the women, and, uh, and watch the— That's watch, all that goes on there. That, that is. There, there's almost no baseball at all. But it's like nobody goes to see a baseball game to watch a ball hit a bat, and it's like, ooh, there's a spectacle. It's right. like you go because you care about a team. Uh, you know, they have the beauty contest at the beginning of the night because they care about the teams. Why they even have it then? Uh, and by the way, I'm going to I'm gonna, I just have to say that I think this year reckoning has gotten absolutely hosed in the beauty contest. Oh, uh, just just as an aside, like Orange Crush. Uh, basically, I, I think it's at the point in time where Orange Crush should be precluded from winning the beauty contest from here on out just because you guys win it all the time. I'd call you the Yankees if I thought that that was strong enough. I got nothing to do with you that You guys department. are like the dream team of the beauty contest. That's <laughs> it. It's like nobody's ever winning. It's like, let's just say, okay, Orange Crush. We'll name it the Orange Crush beauty contest. No wonder so out. many people hate us. But uh, every, every, every race from my vantage point, either in the bleachers or near the pits, I, I listen to it and I go, oh, it's Orange Crush and Reckoning. Or, oh, it's, uh, it's you know, well, actually it is. No, always Orange Crush and Reckoning. Excuse me, Orange and then, Crush and Reckoning. Then, and, it's like, and, then, uh, and then Freak comes on and goes, all right, we've got Orange Crush and Mean Green Machine. And I go, wait, what? And the thing is, it makes me wonder whether my ears are okay. Because, you know, it's like I do that cartoon thing where it's like, Zoinks. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm cleaning out the earwax from my ear. And I'm going, <laughs> did I really not hear that? Because Reckoning's cheers sounded like seven times louder than this. Hmm. And I don't know if you saw it. And it's funny because I asked uh, Reckoning team owner Brian Anderson about this. They had a guy on their beauty contest car this time who rode out on the hood of it, riding it like it was a bull. Who did that? Well, here's the thing. Brian doesn't know who the guy is. <laughs> but this guy, whoever it is, deserves a medal and and possibly a short minute, a short documentary. I mean, he was in him. the full splits on the thing. He was. He was actually like grabbing wow. onto the hood ornament with wow. one hand. Oh my not god! Two, not two hands. One hand. The other hand waving his cowboy hat around. Oh my god! This guy. Uh, my hat is off to him. I would have gave it to him just for that. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was the first new thing I'd seen in a beauty contest. And you wouldn't even had to have them people cheer. I would have just said that's it. That's it. You know what? I've never guy's... seen anything like this. Yes, that 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 is it. My hats off to that guy. We got to find out who he is. Yeah, but that's the thing. The the beauty contest is the teams. It's about cheering for a certain team, and it's like uh, building team loyalty. 
Yeah. Building team loyalty. I mean, that the same thing with the T-shirts. It's like you want to cheer on Orange Crush. You want to yeah, cheer on whatever it lots is. lots of those. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like I'm sure you as a driver, I mean, you haven't seen any uh, video evidence of whether, you know, what we're talking about here with Mean Green actually having more laps is true or not. No. But But if Mean Green had more laps, you go, you know what? You guys won. Go on to the next round. Yeah, you know, if that's the case and we find that out, man, you know, yeah, we give it to them. But, you know, it's all we got is that scoreboard, man. All's All we... you have is the scoreboard and a governing body who tells right. you which team moves on. And the thing is that I know there's also been a little bit of uh, not sniping exactly, but the drivers are like pissed off. The, some of the mean green drivers are pissed off at orange. Some of the drivers on orange get pissed yeah, off man, at that. Yeah, man, we're usually really friendly, man. And you here's know? the thing. It shouldn't come to that. Right. This right. is and not it, about the drivers. It it's how it does. It's like you guys, you guys won, but you didn't know you won. Right. I and, mean, and you didn't know if if you didn't have we enough didn't laps. Know what, we don't know what's the last thing we knew. We had you some put, trophies. We went, you put your faith in the governing body. Right. The governing body failed. And we went. And now we went on to wreck eight more cars after that round. You yeah. Know what I it, mean, I mean, so. if it's true, it's it's tough to go two and one and win the night. But. If anybody could feel, if anybody understands what that like, it's also Mean Green who did the same exact oh, thing yeah. last yeah, year. Yeah, I'm sure them guys know. But, yeah, but, I, I mean, what the heck, man? It shouldn't come to this. It's not rocket science. Let's just get some people watching cars. You know, let's make the competition real. Like, I apply the... I apply like some of the scoring issues. Like you just think about them in the NFL, or you think about them in uh, in relationship to the NBA or something. It never happened. Teams aren't. It's not like oh well, you know we were wrong about last. Like it would be like oh we were wrong. This team didn't win. Or uh, you know second night there was a time I can't remember which team it was. I think it was the damaging junkyard dogs race where the. The guy who won the race, his number was not on the board. Ever. No. Uh, like, Damage wins the race, and the junkyard dog's number is on the board. Yep. And it's like, this, uh, uh, it doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how this goes on. This just needs to stop. That scoreboard's junk, though, man. I've seen I've seen better billboards out in front of taco stands than that thing. So I have no idea how to work it, as I said, but just... It's one line. It's just like one line. It's like I said, Santa Fe Speedway back in the dark ages had a 10 times better scoreboard. 10 times. The scoreboard is really just the place where the people who have figured out what the score is present that information. The scoreboard is merely a tool providing, of course, all the lights work. But just figuring out who's in front in, in this system, the, and the, I mean, it's it's. I would say it needs to change, but this – the fact that this is potentially the second time in less than a year that we are having the conversation about one team winning when another team should have. Yeah, man. I don't know. They they need to they need to take this time right now. Get their get their heads together. I'm not gonna say shit. Get their shit together. Well here's <laughs> here's my fear. I mean, you know, and, and uh, I look at this the relationship that the uh TDA has with the drivers, uh much the way that I look at a relationship that guys have with women, which is that if you're out there and you're continually getting uh, abused, disrespected, and just shown that nobody cares, why do you come back? I know. Like, what? I mean, now, granted, I know all of you drivers have, are insane and have problems and need to race, and it's a drug to you guys. But what is the incentive for all the drivers to just keep coming back, racing hard? I mean, how many like how many hours did you spend working on just one of your cars? Oh, God. I spent... Uh... The better part of like five days, I'd say, stripping apart the car I raced. Uh, so it was like 20 race. hours, 25 hours? Oh, easily. Easily more. Easily more. 
So you're spending twenty. You're spending seventy five hours, seventy five hundred hours working on your cars. You show up and uh, to race for a professional sporting league, and they can't even get the they can't count to three for you. Right. I mean, we're all guys like me, Brickman, Speedy, all these guys, man. Brian, we're we're real meticulous with our builds, and you know we're out there to compete, man. It's our pride. It's like you said before, man, there's not a whole lot of money getting passed out to no. the teams. So all we get from this is the pride, man. The, the, you know, the pride amongst our peers as being the winner of that night. Yeah. You want to know who you're going to get if this keeps going on? You're going to get an entire league of Phil Matlocks so. showing up, brake lights on. No, you're, you're not torching out the wheel wells, none well, of that. I'm telling you, you know, it's going to happen. You know, I, I actually was enjoying my summer up until recently, and uh, – you know, got pulled back into this whole shenanigans. And one of the reasons, to be honest with you, I left was over officiating, you know, and, and, and the leagues, um, you know, just the, the, the leagues determination, not determination, but the lack of, like, commitment to the competition and, and commitment to, like, like actually being a governing, governing body. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm going to have to say they, they, they take things lightly and we're just like a spectacle. It is, and I don't understand it because you make more money, you you bring more interest, you sell more things when you can have storylines for people. Well, I mean, God, this place is, they're busting at the seams with people. There's fans, there's so many fans in them stands, they're falling over the sides, I think. I know. This is this translates to money, and it's like you get people coming in and cheering on teams. You get people coming in and, and wanting to see human interest stories. Well, it's a league. It's a league, man. You're going to have to develop that team, you know, the team – Team loyalty, fan bases for this team, fan bases for that team. You know, you're talking NFL-style stuff here. Yeah, but the NFL can count to five. All right, Johnny, we're going to take a quick break. We will be back after this to go through all the different teams, and how they're looking, what's going forward from here. For Chris Newmer and Steve Gersky Jr., go Gersky, go home, or go home with Gersky. I'm John Sensimer. We hope you enjoyed our podcast, and thank you for listening. Behind the Destruction would like to thank our producer, Maura Scher, and Kosher Studios, located in Woodridge, Illinois. Visit them on the web at koshersounds.com. For previous episodes of Behind the Destruction, the latest Demolition Derby news, and columns, you may visit us at behindthedestruction.com. 